got my window open wide. I got my window open wide. I got a good woman by my side. I got a good woman by my side. Now this kind of day has no night. Yeah, this kind of day has no night. And I ain't got much on my mind. I ain't got much on my mind Cause I know something good this way comes Now watching the streets filling up Watching the streets filling up In the shade of the summer sun In the shade of the summer sun Cause sweet apple pie on the stove Good morning. Sounds like my voice is super loud. Good morning. How's everyone doing? It's Thursday. Let's see. We had a uh, Real D50 was the first in the YouTube chat to say morning. So what's up, Real D? First time I've seen you first. Usually it's Jill, Abe, it's uh, Norm, Troy, Josh. They're all here. Maldonado's here, the regular crew. What's up? Good to see you. Jay Eaton on Periscope says, what's up? What's up, Jay Eaton? Uh, John Boy Media's in here. That's us. Uh, Keith? Probably Keith. Maybe Kyle? How's everyone doing? Good morning. I'm at the office today, so we started at 9 o'clock. So, you know, maybe I just do it at the office. It might be the thing. Just uh, early mornings. But with the puppy, early mornings are the fucking life right now. Got up at 4.45 today because that's when the dog gets up. We went. He shit. He pissed. Then I cooked a meatloaf. So what have you done today? I've already cooked breakfast and dinner. Eggs and sausage for breakfast. And I cooked a whole meatloaf. Well, I, may, I prepped a meatloaf. It's in the uh, fridge. Katie can put it in the oven an hour before we come home. Dinner's ready. Bam. What have you done? You guys cook dinner and breakfast and walk the dog and prep the show? And, oh, oh, I parallel parked so beautifully today. Almost like sized up the spot in the Bronx. It's like, fuck, this is a close one. I've been get, I've been parallel parking more and more lately, so the skills are coming back. And, uh, man. As, you know, just like uh, Italian job shit. Like, you'd be like, was he driving a Mini Cooper? No, it's an SUV. You know, you almost want to w- look around and be like, did you guys see that? Did anyone see that? N- no one really saw it, I don't think. They surely didn't care. Surely didn't care. But, yeah, I've accomplished a lot today. Wow. Really good job by me. Thanks for tuning in. That was the morning show. No, no. The morning show is bite-sized bits of all of my interests. Bite-sized bits of all of my interests. That kind of rhymes. Bits, interests, interests. It's bite-sized bits of all of my interests. It's things I like. It's history, geography, baseball, and books. Someone make a jingle. Boo Box making jingles for every show we have, so... Bam, that's the new jingle. Um, Okay, the music today was by Jacob Dylan, who 
You guys know his dad, Bob Dylan. Jacob Dylan was in the band The Wallflowers? Or is that the song? The Wallflowers, yeah. And you guys know The Wallflowers because they have that one song that everyone knows. Lights on, one headlight. Which, one headlight by The Wallflowers was just featured in The King of Staten Island, the new movie, the new Judd Apatow movie with uh, Pete Davidson and Bill Burr. Connecting a lot of dots. That's like a rabbit hole we just went down. Bob Dylan, he exists. Jacob Dylan, that song was from uh, uh, his solo album. I really like that song. It's from, let me see if I can find, Friday Night Lights, great show. Uh, Jacob Dylan, Friday Night Lights. That's where I first heard that song. The five best musical moments of Friday Night Lights, and it probably has that in there. That's what happened when I Googled it. Um, I'm trying to see if they have the scene. Because I believe it's Saracen just driving down like a Texas road in the morning, going to college, going and like, you know, it's that song's playing that we just listened to. Reminds me of a summer morning, which today technically is. Got a good woman by my but uh doesn't feel like summer because you know, all the quarantine shit. It'll ease you right into the day. Straws being way too loud. And it's kind of a positive. Something good this way comes. All right, shut up, Jacob. Jacob with a K, too. Because no way Bob Dylan was going to give his son a conventional spelling. Just zero chance Bob Dylan's kid was going to have a name that is normal. Jacob's normal, but with a K, maybe that is normal. Maybe it's a different version of things. i never seen it with a K until I saw him. Maybe I'm speaking out of turn. Anyway, welcome to the morning show. We're going to talk about some stuff. Today, Thursday's a light day. We actually talked about this. Thursday's a light day for us, but we just added a show to the Thursday slate. Laughs from the past. You're like, you already have laughs from the past. We hear about it. Every Tuesday, you tell us about it, but we don't go listen to it, but you tell us about it. Well, now I'm going to tell you about it on Thursday, too, and you can go listen if you want. I actually might put today's episode on the main uh, YouTube channel as like a promo because we're doing these things. Producer Luke started uh, called Little Laughs, just 20-minute one-off stories. Today is about this dude called The Uncatchable who has escaped prison in Greece twice, uh, and he's out, he, they haven't found him again. He escaped prison. They put him back in the prison. He escaped the same prison again. Wild story. Pretty cool. We got John Boy and Jake Radio coming up in an hour. We got Sequence with Trevor Plouffe. And we are, you guys see the, the, I remember I had a pimple on my nose, and then I just picked the hell out of it because I just picked scabs like my dad, who's on Periscope right now. And now it's just a red blood spot. So don't get distracted by it, please. Look at my hat instead of my nose. Come on. I have feelings. Anyway, oh, the new talking Nets today. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I got to get better at seeing what shows actually came out. I, I scrolled it, but I didn't see it. So I'm talking Nets as well, Keith says in Periscope. And then Sequence. Sequence is going to get a little bit of a makeover. Not really. Um, sequence, I'll just announce it. Sequence, we're gonna, we're gonna, it's going to be on a podcast app because a lot of people have been asking. And the podcast is going to be just audio, obviously. But it's going to be the full conversation with Trev 
the full how you doing, where'd you get your style from, what are your thoughts at the plate, when did you change, what teachers, and all of that. And then it's going to be both at-bats that he does with a player, full audio, probably like 40 minutes. And then on YouTube, it's going to be just the at-bat, like just the 10-minute at-bat. Because, you know, our audience on YouTube started with breakdowns, and we we have an audience of people that like quick hitters with their videos, uh, short and sweet. So we're just going to... The, the info he's getting is great and the insight and the conversation, so we didn't want that to not exist, so that's going on in the podcast app. And there you go. There's a little behind-the-scenes look. Uh, that change is going on soon. Uh, a lot of people asking about baseball yesterday. This is the morning show. We're going to... I talk about that on every other platform. Um, and, like, we talked about it yesterday. Put out a Twitter video, so... My thoughts are out there. If that's what you're coming for, they're out there. Today, we have very important stuff to talk about. We have to talk about Orange Park, Florida. 75 degrees. It's partly cloudy in Orange Park, Florida. So, if you're heading there, that's kind of a nice day. I'd take that day. If you're wondering where Orange Park, Florida is, wonder no more. Because Orange Park, Florida is just north of north of Jacksonville. And I mean, to be honest, I didn't find much about uh, Orange Park. If you're new to the show, usually, you know, there's something cool in the towns that we look at. It's cool. It's kind of, you know, it's on the St. John's River and Doctor's Lake. Hey, how'd that get its name? Doctor. And this one over here is called Old Bull Bay. St. John's River. I have a question, and I think it's dumb. Jake and I talked about how many different names there are for bodies of water yesterday on John Boy and Jake Radio, and I was very confident with, like, well, I know you do. Like, I know the difference between a bay and a straight. We talked about a straight yesterday on the show. I know. Why is this one a lake? Why is this one a lake? It's a runoff of the river. I would have guessed this is a bay because it's open. Lakes are usually fully surrounded, I thought. And this one is a bay. They both look like bays to me. I'm not an ocean. I'm not a water a water guy, though. I'm not a water doctor. I'm not a waterologist. Unless this was originally closed off and they just opened it, but now they're calling it a doctor's inlet. Is it an inlet? Is it a bay? It doesn't seem like a lake to me. Walmart Supercenter there, which is usually a bad side. Usually a, a bad sign if your town has a Walmart Supercenter. I know the town I lived in in Livermore, the town I lived in in California, Livermore, they wanted to bring a Walmart Supercenter in, but the town vetoed it because if you get a Walmart Supercenter in your town, it creates... Uh, jobs that don't pay people enough to survive, so it actually creates, like, poverty in your town. Now, don't fucking quote me on that, because I could be speaking out of turn again. Maybe that's the new name of the show, speaking out of turn. Speaking on things I don't know about. Offering opinions that are half-baked. Anyway, Orange Park, Florida is right on Jacksonville. And it's pretty old. 
And you can tell because where's the downtown grid? They built the streets like a long time ago. I have some notes. I didn't find anything that interesting. The town of Orange Park was founded in 1877 by the Florida Winter Home and Improvement Company. Following the Civil War, the company purchased several thousand of acres of the McIntosh Plantation at Laurel Grove for the purpose of creating a southern retreat and small farming community. It's not a bad place to pick land. Well, I don't know. If you're in Florida, like, wouldn't you rather be on the ocean than the lake? If you're just choosing, like, a getaway, I guess all that other oceanfront was taken. Let's zoom in on this house and see what it's all about. Hurley Street. Just a parking lot right next to this house. Wow, cool, okay. Can you guys hear the dumpster outside? It's very loud for me, but I don't know if you guys can hear it. Ooh, a lot of pools. Look at the pool crew here. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. How about this house? How about, I mean, imagine being a kid in this house. All of your neighbors have pools. Your parents, look at this, pool, 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 no pool. Those kids beg their parents for a pool every day. Parents like, just go to your neighbor's house. We like it when you leave anyway. And that's the, the full history of Orange Park, Florida. There wasn't much about it. Was, wasn't much about it. I think I just kind of insulted the whole town with the Walmart thing. So I apologize. I don't know anything about that town. When I Googled it, zero interesting factoids came. So, so that's all I got. We're just going to bow out. And that's all I have to say about that. We're going to move on to the player of the day. His name is Gary Templeton. Gary Templeton is in the Padres Hall of Fame, so that's exciting for him. He, uh, he was traded straight up for Ozzie Smith. That's crazy. And he was named team captain of the Padres by Larry Boa, so that's cool. But the fun fact is that he was the first player to get 100 hits from both sides of the plate, which is actually really impressive that he, had, that he even got the chance to do it. Like, you know, he had to be in a division with a lot of lefties to get that many opportunities from both sides. I want to dig into that. I didn't dig into that at all yet. Um, I Also, I think it's funny that he they traded him straight up for Ozzie Smith, who was like, well, Ozzie Smith can never hit, but he's light-hitting defensive whiz, obviously, and traded straight up for uh, Templeton, who could hit and he could field adequately. Nickname was Jump Steady. Great nickname. Absolutely great nickname. Uh, absolutely fantastic nickname. What was I going to do? What was I, gonna look up? I want to look up the year he got 100 hits from both sides, which I didn't even mark down what year it was. And now we're just going to have to look for it. All right, here we go. Do, 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 do. Looking for it, looking for it. Um, it's spelled Gary with two R's. It is. You're right. Fucked it up. You know what? I was going to say this at the top of the show. I hate making headlines for things. Behind the scenes, another behind the scenes fact. I hate making descriptions on YouTube videos and headlines for YouTube videos. 
titles. That's why the breakdowns, those are the only ones I make. And they're so literal and simple to the point. So I was going to say this. Everyone that is here and listens regularly and uh, likes it, comment what you think the headline should be. And then producer Luke will change it to the first or the the best of the first batch because we got to change it rather quickly. But my headlines are always placeholders, and then in turn Luke changes them because I suck at it. Not that I hate doing it. I'm just bad at it. I wish I was better. Um, Gary Templeton overview. All right. Gary Templeton. So everyone in uh, everyone in the Periscope and Facebook chat, you're missing out on a fun display. There's uh, someone actively in the YouTube chat just uh, talking constantly about how boring the show is. It's fine. It's not for you, whatever her name is. I just blocked her. We need to get some moderators in there because you guys are pretty fun, usually. Most of the time, it's awesome. You guys enjoy and you give me tidbits and and uh, it's a good good comment section. You need to get someone to moderate the dummies like that. Uh, all right, let's find out when he got hits from both sides. But he led the hits in 1979. Was that the year? How do you? I guess I just need to find out. Gary Templeton, 100 hit 100 hits both sides, or did he only get 200 hits once? Ooh, he got exactly 200 hits in 1977, 211 in 1979. I'm going to guess it was 1979 because if he got exactly 200 hits and exactly 100 hits from each side, that would be incredible. So we're going to go to 1979 splits. Do I you guys up here? All right. So um, as a... Right-handed batter, he had 94. And wait, this says that as a right-handed batter, he only had 96 hits and 115 as a lefty. Was it 77? Because that's incredible if he had straight up just 100 from each side. Then, okay, splits. Am I here? As a right-handed batter, 75. What am I missing here? Why don't these numbers add up? The curious case of Gary Templeton's disappearing record. It ain't what you don't know that gets you in trouble. It's what you know for sure. What? Okay, so I guess this is a fake record. This is a... What happened? According to Baseball Reference, Templeton only had 96 hits from the right side of the plate in 1979, and Wilson had 99 right-handed hits in 1980. Is this on the screen for you guys? Um, okay. I think we have a fake record on our hands. As the story goes, late in the 1979 season, a reporter informed Templeton that he was close to accomplishing this thing that had never been done before. The Cardinals' postseason chances were already gone, so Templeton decided to bat exclusively right-handed the rest of the season to try and get to 100 hits. In the bottom of the third of the second game of a doubleheader on September 29th, Templeton bunted for a base hit off New York Mets pitcher Pete Falcone to give him what he thought was his 100th right-handed hit of the season. He was then immediately replaced by pinch runner Mike Phillips. Templeton did not play the next day, and then on the final day of the season, he went 0-2, 
being uh, before being replaced again by Phillips as part of a double switch. As far as I can tell from my research, no one really kept track of which side of the plate the switch hitter was hitting from back then. The assumption is that if the pitcher was left-handed, the batter was right-handed and vice versa, unless there's evidence to the contrary. In Templeton's case, he was told after the Cardinals' victory over Philadelphia Phillies on September 26th that has two hits against Phillies left-handed, Ronnie... Templeton's decision to go for 100 was public knowledge, so there are records of him batting right-handed the rest of the season. The problem is Templeton was actually sitting at 89, not 93. Fuck! Once Templeton got what he thought was on his 100th right-handed hit of the season, he took some time off. Damn, that's brutal. I mean, clearly he wanted it and cared about it if he was batting just right-handed to get it, and the reporter just had the number wrong. And then he thought he got it and he rested, where if he knew the correct number, he had time to keep going and actually get it. Like a Mr. 3000 situation, Bernie Mac. We got Templeton's got to get back up to the plate. Fuck, that's brutal. So, they thought it was 1979, but uh, he actually had, as a right-handed batter, he had 96 hits, and he had 115 as a left-handed batter. But then even, even they say that that's wrong. That blows. Here's an inside-the-park home run that he hit. Having a record, <laughs> that sucks. That sucks because he really thought he had it. Probably celebrated it. He went after it. And then he, the fact that he rested when he still could have gotten it is crazy. Uh, here's a highlight. Uh, September 17th, inside the park home run that he hit. Catcher, oh, dude, no protection for the backswing blows. You guys have a terrible view of this. Hold on. Catcher wearing no helmet and the backswing can just hit him in the head. It sucks. Outside pitch just drives it and, ooh. Ooh, usually the center fielder makes like a diving catch and it skirts by him and then you get an inside the park home run like uh, Michael A. Taylor did with Puig's walk-off. This one, just kind of bad. This is like a, a bad route by the center fielder. I just bounced and he he missed it. Like he took a route as if he was going to dive and then didn't dive and then bad. Bad fielding. But oh my, there's a play at the plate there? How old was he here? 87. He had to be old. That play at the plate is weird. I can't tell if it was a colli- oh if it was a collision at the plate or Templeton was just so gassed that as soon as he was going to touch home he was he was going to fall down no matter what. Looks like the catcher tripped him. All right. I don't here's the things I don't know about this play. Did the catcher have the ball? Was it a collision? Did he trip him? What happened? I guess that's my biggest question. So it's running home, and we're watching it on a potato, and the catcher doesn't have the ball and just kind of, yeah, like trips him, but Templeton could have easily just kind of round him. I don't know what happened there. That was pretty sloppy. How old was he in 1987? 
Gary Templeton overview, 1987. He was 31. Wow. I would have guessed like 37. He was running. Must have been hobbled up or injured or something. Because they called him jump steady. He led the league in triples three years in a row. Seen that? That's kind of cool. Three years in a row he led the league in triples. 1977 to 1979. Gary Templeton, with two R's, was the triples king. He also led the league in caught stealing. Hold on. It's not the best. There was some player that I was looking at yesterday that got thrown out more than he stole successfully. I think that, who was yesterday's player? Oh, fuck. I don't know. I don't forget. Anyway, Gary Templeton, I think he's a coach still. Jump Steady is a cool nickname. Jump Steady. If you Google Jump Steady, does he come up? Probably not, right? Just the songs and stuff. Oh, Robert Bruce. Oh, I know him. Oh, that sucks. As soon as he got this nickname, Templeton was probably like, fuck. I hate my nickname now, and I don't even have the record. A lot of things, retro- a lot of things happened that made Gary upset later on in life. They took away his record. They gave his nickname to someone he probably doesn't want to be associated with. Tough times. Tough times indeed. He had three years with uh, whatever. Traded by the San Diego Padres to the New York Mets for Tim Tufel. Who's that? All right, the Cardinals trade was much bigger. So traded by the St. Louis Cardinals... And a player to be named later with Sixto Lascanzo. There's a lot of players there. Whatever. Ozzie Smith was the main thing. All right. That's uh, Templeton. I think that's all I got. Bummer that he doesn't actually. The title of this video is now a lie. Thank God you guys are going to help me with an alternate title. That's going to be great because we got to change it because the title of the video currently is a lie. But, yeah, that's Gary Templeton. And uh, he thought he had the record. He never had it. And that's a bummer. But he's in the Padres Hall of Fame. So that's exciting. And that's all I had to say about that. Book of the day today is also a baseball book. It is the Cup of Coffee Club. We had the author of this, Jacob Kornhauser, on Talking Baseball, and we chatted with him. And if you like quick baseball snippets, uh, I would go pick up this book. Um, It is all about players who only ever got one game in the major leagues. Just one game. And then he goes and tells their story. And, you know, it's kind of like the random baseball section on this where I find a guy and then I just find some interesting facts in his story, but much more detailed, well-researched and interesting. Uh, I don't want to share like a lot, but there's a player on here that you guys know the name of, but probably don't know his full story. This book came out this year as well, I believe. And I I haven't read all of the chapters, but it's cool because it's, it's basically short stories. Like each chapter is a different player and it's interesting, and, and a lot of them are heartbreaking, and you realize, like, 
the journey that these players take to reach their goal that they've had since they were like eight years old and worked really, really hard for. The craziest story in here is Jeff Bannister, who you know as the manager of the Rangers at some point. I think he won manager of the year once, but I bet you didn't know Jeff Bannister's full story. And I'll just give you the bullet points. It's fucking sad, actually. Um, At 16 years old, Bannister was in the fight of his life. He was diagnosed with osteomyelitis, the same bone disease that plagued Mickey Mantle. Bannister was trapped in solitude, a three-by-three window, his only glimpse into the outside world. I could barely see the sunshine. I would just dream about when I would be able to get back out and play baseball. So super sick, and they wanted to amputate his legs because he had bone cancer. And he was like, no, I want to be a Major League Baseball player. You know, the doctors were probably like, but but kid, like even if like we can salvage your, salvage your leg, you're still terribly in terrible shape. So anyway, they has like a ton of surgeries. Um he went into the catcher weighing, we went into the hospital weighing 225 pounds. He left just weighing 139. Um, he spent the entire 1984 season learning how to walk again. He had so many surgeries. It was crazy. Um, or, or so first he had the cancer and all the surgeries. Then he didn't get a look at a college, at a high school because of that. So he went to uh, like a community college, a junior college in Texas. And he's playing a game, and there's scouts there, so they want him to catch because he was a catcher. And there's a play at the plate, and uh, and uh, uh, the runner tried to avoid the tag and, and jumped and put his knee right into Bannister's head, and he got knocked unconscious. Um, he was, like, knocked out. They had to cut his uniform off. They had to do all this stuff. Uh, and he was... Uh, they thought he was paralyzed. So that's when he had to learn to walk again. So he gets, like, the, the bone cancer surgeries. He's fucked. Then he gets, like, paralyzed for a little bit, and he has to teach himself how to walk. And then he goes back to junior college after taking a year off because he had to teach himself how to walk. And 1985, he's at Lee College again. He transfers, and finally he, he gets bounced around. And then his dad, who was with him every step of the way, passed away. He gets bounced around the minor leagues and all that. Like, just, like, the toughest fucking journey ever to become and then he got one day in the bigs and then he went on to you know become a manager and, and go up the system but it's tons of stories about how how guys look back on that one day are they happy to have had it or does it nag at them that they had it and like you know each story is different it's a really cool book uh i think it's a good book to just throw on the coffee table and then read every now and then what you got coffee in the name so and a coffee stain so if you have a coffee cup that size you can just put it there, and you won't feel bad about staining your book. And that's just one of the perks of getting the coffee club book or whatever. But there's tons of cool stories. I don't want to tell you all of them. Um, crazy story. But, hey, managing a baseball team, only 30 people can do it. And he was one of them for a couple of years, so that's awesome. Draws loud. All right. That's kind of it on Jeff Bannister or a cup of coffee club. And that's all I have to say about that. Laptop might die, so I might not have an outro song. That's okay. How's everyone doing? What do we got in the chat? 
the ball gets there, but the catcher misses it and trips Gary to catch it. I think that is what happened. I think that is what happened. There's a there's a quote attributed to Gary Templeton where he was invited to the All-Star game as a replacement, even though he had the best stats of any shortstop in the National League. And the quote is, um, if I'm not if I don't start, I will not depart. Like I'm not leaving to go to the All-Star game if I'm not starting. But he never said that. Jack Buck said it as like, you know, Gary Templeton says if he doesn't start, he's not going to depart. Jack Buck said it, and then they attributed it to Templeton. So everyone says he said it, but he didn't actually say it. So Templeton, every fun fact is just like not actually true. Tough break, you know? How often do you partake in the marijuanas? Uh, I gummy it up at night now. Helps me sleep better. Especially if I'm only getting five hours. I'd like it to be good sleep. Almost out, though. Do you read plays? Yeah, I've read... I, I mean, I've probably read a handful. Like, Dan Fonte wrote a play, and I like Dan Fonte, so I read that play. I liked it. I read, you know... What's the uh, famous one that I'm blanking right now? And you guys are going to be like, how did you not remember that? Tennessee Williams. Most famous play. What the fuck is it called? Can't think of it. What's the salesman play? Death of a Salesman? Who wrote that one? Arthur Miller. Death of a Salesman's good. Death of a Salesman is a great test of uh, the aging process. You know what I mean? Maybe you don't. Maybe I should explain it before I say you know what I mean. That kind of makes more sense in the order of things. But Death of a Salesman, if you read it as a kid, you think the main the main guy, what's his name again? Willie? Willie Loman? You think he, like, sucks, right? And then I think you, if you were read it every year, if you were to read it every year, eventually you'd be like, oh, I kind of sympathize with Willie Loman now, you know? I think people have the same the same thing with Married with Children and Al Bundy. It's like, man, he's a deadbeat. He sucks. And it's like, well, he's got like a, a job and provides for his family and uh, gets a nice house and he just wants to relax and they all annoy him and you kind of like grow up and you're like, ah. Uh, Kind of feel bad for him. I think it's the same thing with uh, Death of a Salesman. But who knows? Anything else? Ooh, Abe. Abe. Abe Carollo. Is that how you say your name, Abe? Breaking news. Word on the street is that there's a divide in the John Boy household. Not that I know of. Not that I know of. Uh... Things are good. Unless we're divided over. No, I can't even think of anything to fake be divided over. Things are pretty good. Do you get mangled to another planet when you eat those gummies each night? Asked Ken. Great. Uh, great talk. We'll just be talking gummies. No. But last night, yes, because last night I was very exhausted. 
So I took a full gummy and I let it be known to Luke and Katie. I said, hey, taking a full gummy tonight. I'm going to another planet. I just want to eat. I just want to sleep. But I wasn't even that bad. But usually I take like just a, a half, just enough to like let me fall asleep easy and relax. Um, who was the opponent for Jeter's only Grand Slam? I don't know. That's a good trivia question. I'll look it up afterwards. Biggest misconception about John Boy Media. Um, um, I I don't think anyone really knows about us besides like you guys because you tune in to this where I where I say everything we have going on. But I think like, you know, whenever we talk to advertisers or just like a casual person, you know, I think there's a lot of people that still think it's just me. And not realize it's a, a team of people that are doing a ton of stuff. I don't think people realize how many shows we have. And advertisers surely don't realize how many views we get. Um, we've had a lot. We've had like a handful come to us thinking we're like a starter package. And then we tell them how many views we get. And they're like, oh, you're way bigger than we, we can't afford you. And we're like, okay, well, we wasted time here. And that's kind of the biggest struggle right now is finding companies that can, that when we tell them their numbers, they're like, oh, yeah, this is what we do. Like big companies. And, and we have some deals coming up in the next month or so that, that are like that and should be good. But, yeah, a lot of, a lot. So I think it's just, you know, I think. I think there's just not a lot of knowledge out about the company at all. You know what I mean? So I think that's why I want to be at the office. I want to be posting behind the scenes stuff, uh, you know, vlog behind the office. We've been filming like behind the scenes shit. I want to do like the main idea of this show was to kind of promote every other show that comes out every day. Um, just so people can, can know. Cause I think, a, I think a lot of people just think it's just me. Um, which, like, it doesn't upset me because uh, I can see why the casual person that just sees a, a breakdown uh, just thinks, like, oh, that's the guy who makes those two-minute YouTube videos. So I don't know. Does that answer your question? Um, companies aren't going to pay a huge amount for YouTube and podcasts. That's the dumbest thing. Mark, Mark I don't mean to be dumb, but... Did you see? Never mind. Um, podcast and 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 YouTube is like the biggest market right now. Go look at like what the Ringer got bought for, what Barstool got bought for, what Joe Rogan got bought for. Go look at the Caller Daddy numbers. Go, I mean, it is incredibly lucrative. So, is Abe Foreman really the sausage king of Chicago? Nope. Nope. Uh, I haven't checked Facebook once. I'll do that before I bow out. Uh, do it for the love of it. The money will come. Well, yeah, I mean, that's how the whole thing started. Jake and I were doing this for 300 bucks a month last year. And it was fun. I mean, just trying to build something, believe in ourselves, and have fun. Uh, if there's no baseball until 2021, surely interest will slowly die. No, we actually had the best month of the company's entire history last month with 
no live sports at all, and uh, CPMs are down across the board. But we have a community, and we have shows, and you guys are fantastic, and we're doing really good. So, good. What time is JJR Live? 10 o'clock in 20 minutes, so i got to wrap this up. Um, cool. What about a recorded outro that thanks by name all the people involved in John Boy Media, or at least that particular pod? Yeah. So, <laughs> It's funny. We are we are like in deals with um, whatever. I we're I was talking with uh, our lawyers about um, something that's coming up in the future, and they were basically writing into it like, "Well, let's make sure we get uh, credits on the end of the show." I was like, "What?" He was like, "Yeah, you should, you know, she was have created by, written by, all that." I was like, "Oh, should we do that?" I guess we should. Um, but it's so funny that it's like, do podcasts do that? Written by, produced by, like all that, you know? I don't know. It was interesting when the lawyer was like, yeah, let's fight for that. And I was like, oh, I guess we should do that then if we want other people to do it for us. There's so much shit that's like weird. All right. Did you get overwhelmed by how big Savages in the Box video got? No, I wouldn't say overwhelmed. I would say... I felt like we had been prepping and waiting for that and were ready for it for a while. Um, you know, it was like eventually, you know, I used to tell people I couldn't miss a single game, I couldn't miss a single inning because eventually there's going to be something that we tackle immediately with the streams that we have in place and it's going to catapult us. And so, like, I mean... We were we were just waiting. We knew that we knew that something like Savages in the Box was going to come, and that we were just waiting. And we were just like, "Hey, we had a lot of meetings. When this comes, make sure the merch store is ready. Make sure, um, you know, we're able to record a podcast right away. Make sure that you know, uh, I, I can be at the computer and make it right away. So it, it wasn't overwhelming at all. It was more relief. It was like, all right, we got our moment. Let's make sure we tackle this, and then. You know, WFAN, uh, Evan Roberts invited me on on that show. I had called in and talked with him before, and he had mentioned us a lot, but it had never been, like, a featured caller. And then I think, you know, MLB Network had me on. So it was good. It wasn't overwhelming, though. It was like, good. All right, two years of uh, the grind, and this is going to, gonna, you know, it's a, it's a next step. And what we wanted to make sure of was that, when all of our shit, all of our revenue streams spike, that it's not a two-day spike and then we drop back down. So we didn't. So, you know, it's almost like pedals on the metal. That moment happens. We tackle it. And then we slam the gas even harder the next two weeks because now we have this huge spike. We don't want to go down. We want to plateau right there until the next spike. And that's exactly what we did. And the next spike, I would say, was the Pirates-Reds brawl. And we bumped up a little bit there and kept going. And then the Astros obviously was another huge spike, and we've kind of plateaued from that as well. So, I mean, that's kind of like the way I, I think of it. So it wasn't it wasn't uh, overwhelmed at all. The Astros stuff would be a little more overwhelming because it was the first time we I got like a conglomerate of hate and an unnecessary hate. So, but, uh, you know, that comes with it. But I would say that was overwhelming, but the Savages wasn't. All right, kind of a serious post-game talk. Didn't expect that, but 
whatever, whatever you guys want to talk about. That's why I like doing it. You're part of the show. Whoa, way too loud, yeah, Jimmy. You're part of the show. And uh, comment on YouTube, a title suggestion, because we need to change it and all that. All right. See you guys later. Have a great day. We are recording JJR. Then we're recording Talking Baseball. We have voicemails coming from you guys. I think we got like 30 voicemails already, so we got to edit those down. And, uh, and I lost my train of thought. Oh, we have to record Talking Yanks, too. Our breakdowns, what pretty much carry the channel with views. Yeah, breakdowns go crazy, but um, talking Yanks and talking baseball do really good numbers for a podcast. And a podcast is long form, and those audiences, you know, like the breakdown audience is great, but maybe 75% of the people that watch breakdowns don't actually have an interest in the company or, or, or me or Jake or Trevor. So, the podcast audience and you guys who listen to this are much more marketable and valuable than someone who's like, I just like the breakdowns. Those are awesome and they help out, but it's the community of people are, and that's, that's what we strive for is to build the community of people who, who want to interact and all that instead of the passerby who just watches the two minute video and leaves. Um, both are completely like welcomed with open arms and loved and help us do everything we're trying to do. But just from my mindset, at least like it's two camps and one is smaller, but much more valuable than the other. That's how I see it. And advertisers and all that. All right. See you guys. Have a great day. There's something good this way comes. The trouble dog is not moving mountains. But dig in the ground that you're on If it's true That good fortune gives no change We got just what it takes